This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. kids do you like professional wrestling well, we like professional wrestling too this is shake them ropes i am jeff hawkins he is i know i know i like professional wrestling jeff because i have been fighting <laughs> with this computer for a couple of hours now and i'm ready to kill it and if i didn't derive some sort of modest amount of pleasure from professional wrestling I, despite what the youtube comments might say um, I surely would have killed this computer and run off into the nearest woods in blinding rage here at midnight at this point. Because I'm I'm done with this computer. I'm done with this. Not the microphone's not on. We're on the computer mic because we're getting through this take. Dang it! We're gonna get through this take. We'll get through this together. I'm just gonna say the the right time to upgrade to old Steve Jobs, the dead genius's next OS is. Probably not the night of recording. <laughs> no, no. Okay, so like, oh, here, all right. I'll, I'll parry your thrust, Hawkins. Uh, just no, balls. no, I'm... no, 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 no. Are you busting <laughs> balls or are you? I, I don't, I don't know what the alternative would be. Point being here, Hawkins, I only did that because a certain trusted voice in my life, a once trusted voice. Let's let's walk it back a little bit here. But but someone I used to consult for advice about stocks, technical stuff, other things, I'm sure. Well, this person led me astray tonight, Hawkins, and I don't want to point fingers. I don't. <laughs> but it, 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 here's here's Here's, here's, no, here's what happened. I'll be right back. And then I'm waiting for no, so five so minutes. Why, why don't you, why don't you run the update? Um, and, and I, I the zoom pr- update. right. But, but, but and it's, and it, what's important here, Hawkins, is that prior to this, the issues that we were having during version one of the tape <laughs> session, V one, the early Matt Hardy days, as I like to think of them now, um, it is it was a general broad system performance <laughs> issue. So it wasn't zoom related and there were two updates that needed to be done. The zoom update and the overall update to moderate this gem that Steve jobs. Thank you, big guy. Thank you. This gem <laughs> that Steve jobs gave us and from the grave, it's like a, it's uh, like a, it's like a skeleton hand holding out a gem that I just took out of the hand. Don't, don't worry, Chris. Uh, none of your other programs will work on Monterey until they update those. So. Well, I can't wait. It's going to be, you know, this is just a rip roaring good time uh, for me. Yes. I'm having a good time. Been having a good time. <laughs> love doing this show on my cruddy mic. Um, and I love you people. There we go. Yes. There's nothing. There's nothing more podcasty than complaining about technical issues on the podcast. That's my fault. No, you uh, know what I? Here's the thing, Hawkins. Here's the thing. Um, you <laughs> like to say, oh, do God, I? Yeah, no. There's really uh, the negative coverage that I receive is really outrageous. 
Um, you like to say, among other slanderous comments about me, sometimes libelous when you print them, uh, that I that I don't have, I, no, have no holiday spirit, and <laughs> no, no, you're like there. Some of guys, some of the stuff that's on Twitter. No hates Christmas. Oh, here it comes. War on Christmas. There's the Generalissimo. And then you got a picture of me dressed up like some World War II fascist <laughs> declaring war on Christmas. Here's the thing, Hawkins. You know what I got tonight? Just to put this scurrilous rumor that you've been spreading on the internet a since lump 20... of coal? Did you no, get a lump of coal? No, I did not get a lump of coal. Santa likes me. Um, and uh, I like Santa, uh, to make that clear. And what I have to bring in the Christmas spirit, I say Merry Christmas, people, is, is I got Mountain Dew gingerbread snap. That's right. Look what at this. In the hell look is at this that? punk. Look at this punk rock gingerbread man. Is that any good? I, Hawkins, not only is it good, I'm going to drink it on the air. Have you had a taste of it, though? I have. I, okay. I bought because they don't sell singles of them. So unfortunately, I'm committed to a 12er. Oh, you know that honestly looking back this is almost as bad as the time i ate the level four from Ginger, ricky's gingerbread just, just stick it to cody but i wanted to oh. show cody that like life's about taking on new adventures and stuff so this one's for you cody love you guy we have a new canny for the show that's perfect so let's get mm. into the news that's flavor country oh god you, the, the cringing face you made when you took a sip of that no it's getting better loving it I need to get some gingerbread that'll give me the spirit gingerbread's good <sighs> just <Jeff>. like this <laughs> jeff hardy released by the wwe on 12 9 due to turning down being ordered to go to rehab after an incident at the 12 4 house show in edinburgh texas according to wwe sources Hardy was asked to go to rehab after the incident at the show and then refused. Just walked away during a match. Said, not doing this anymore. They said that Hardy was fully aware that if he did refuse, that WWE would have to take action. That action was giving him his release. He has his standard 90-day no-compete clause kicking in, so he will not be available until March. Chris, I'm letting you take the first shot at this. Look... I think that when WWE looks back at this Jeff Hardy situation, there are a lot of things that they could have done differently over the last 24 to 36 months. And I think that we will find out in the weeks to come, if we find out more about this, that there have been a lot of signs regarding Hardy along the way here wwe for their part trying to look like they're being the responsible ones but like where was this behavior or where was this sort of posture from wwe when it came to jimmy uso um has has jimmy uso really conquered those demons or have they turned a blind eye to them and then when we were talking about jeff hardy specifically i think the writing around jeff hardy over the last 24 to 36 months has Insofar as Jeff Hardy has a character, he is either the generic veteran who's like, wow, look at what these crazy kids are doing <laughs> backstage, or which is like weird coming from him of all people, um, or he has had his personal demons be spotlighted and be the central theme 
of a number of different storylines, many of which were with Sheamus, uh, many of which, some of which included a barroom street fight to finish off an angle. Um, having drunk a, driving, dr- drunk, drunk driving, driving acts, drunk driving. Um, I, I mean, and you, I, I think anyone who goes, well, you know, he just has to be a professional about that sort of stuff. One, no, actually he doesn't. So like, that's wrong. Just on, on the face of it Two, let's indulge that argument for just a second and assume that the the crux of that argument of like well we want to put this guy through what might actually be sort of traumatic storylines or things that might actually be bad for this guy to go or bad places for this guy to go um the idea would be that this is part of some monumental jeff hardy push um and that this is going to be a real big driver for business but odds are until Hawkins and I started refreshing you on some of the Jeff Hardy drinking storylines. You didn't even remember them, which is to say the whole point of these storylines was there was no point. It was just a way of writing for Hardy from week to week um, in a way that seems to be consistent with like what Renee Pinnett has talked about in terms of how they've been writing the shows. They're just writing quickly. What are we doing for Hardy this week? I don't know. The guy likes to drink. Uh, write something about that. Uh, what are his personal demons? Um, the real quick paint by number storylines that maybe get Jeff Hardy thinking about those personal demons. Um, I, I hope that Hardy gets the help that he needs. I really do. Um, I worry about what this, I worry about him at home left to his own devices on his compound. And I worry about him on the road. So I don't know where, where's the best place for Jeffrey Nero Hardy, but I do think it is not in a ring so I, I i hope we don't see jeff for a while and when we do he's uh revitalized in a better place in a clearer place i'm gonna be a little tougher on him <clears throat> on him than you are and you may have to pull me back from the ledge from being a little bit too offensive and i say that with all respect he's 44 years old I understand his body is in a lot of pain because they put him through hell going through tables and stuff. X-Pac brought this up. Great. He said, maybe it's not, maybe, maybe it's not necessarily the best idea to have somebody's body go through that at 22 so that they're broken at 25. He also said something I think pretty clear too, is that rehab isn't for everybody. And look, I, those of us who have followed Jeff Hardy's career from beginning to end, or what's soon to be the end. He's had these problems throughout the TNA issue where he showed up to fight sting in what was going to be one of the biggest matches in TNA's history, drunk and not able to compete drunk driving accidents, um, alcohol and, and other just showing up. Not well, I'm not saying he has to be a professional because that that's a little bit too callous for me. I am saying he is a married man with two children. If he has issues that are causing him to drink, rehab is not going to help him. He needs to go get help for whatever this is. If it's the pain of wrestling, you've made your millions, go franchise a Dairy Queen or something and make the money passively as opposed to this. If it's something else, he needs to handle them because the wrestling industry, when he goes back, Whatever it is that that these these demons are, whatever it is his issues is issues are, being on the road and being in wrestling 
and being around alcohol, probably, probably from socializing, whatever is driving him to relapse and relapse and relapse. And it's obvious he can't, he might be a high functioning alcoholic for all I know, but it's causing him to make bad decisions. And no, 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 no. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stop you. He's not a high functioning alcoholic. Okay. How do you, uh, how do you know this? You I, know don't, this I don't, I no. don't, you're right. You're right. No, you're right. No, no, I, no. I said he, he might not. be. I said, he no, might. no, no, but, but you're wrong. And I'm sorry. I'm like, not trying to like harp on you. Like you're wrong. Hawkins. No, 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 no. 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 December 4th. The incident at the house show is not the is not high functioning. That's 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 clearly you're no longer in control of the thing. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm saying this is someone who has been high. <laughs> like 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 if that's happening to you, you are no longer high functioning. You are now you are now on the decline. Um, and 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 and, and you're right. I agree with you. Um, just detoxing. Uh, when I say he needs rehab, I'm not saying he needs detox. I'm saying like he needs to talk about this stuff that's yes. in his head and find a way to be a fight. I mean, maybe there's some undiagnosed mental stuff going on there that he needs to finally get a handle on um, that he's self-medicating for. I, I'm not excusing that. I'm saying like, Hardy, I, I think, needs to rebuild himself a little bit. He he needs the version 2.0. Well, my, my point is that he's not, I mean, he's refusing the help. Okay, great. That, to me, ten, ten, portends that we haven't hit rock bottom yet. No, I, I concur. Um, and that makes me, that makes me sad, uh, obviously. Like, I, I think, you know, Jeff Hardy, here is a guy and it's weird to talk about him in the past tense, but you're right. He's 44 years old. And what we're talking about is easily going to, could he make the Christian run at 47 and do the edge Christian run? At 47? He could have a couple good years in AEW. Yeah, 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 yeah. He cleaned his act yeah. up. Yep, yep. He That's a big if. Could. That's, That's a an big if. if. It's an if, but like, I would love to see that for him because this is a guy whose career for as much success as he's enjoyed. Um, I, I was struck when I was sitting in the audience for Raw back in July, just how over he was with these fans on basically a completely non-existent mid-carder push. Um, this is a guy who fans love and should be a multi-time champion, um, it, it kind of at the same level as Randy Orton. And uh, it, it, it is, unfortunate that this guy's inability to conquer his own personal demons coupled with the fact that he was like in a company that was really sort of that has always been really like they want you to get clean but they don't want to actually like clean you up which i mean like you can they want you to get operational again pretty much right 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 and and i mean like you know like look at the punk interview with cole cabana i mean like like it's very clear what their disposition has always been when you are when you are in this state they don't really care about fixing the mind they want you to be able to pass a drug test yes uh yeah and and like it's unfortunate that hardy for the entirety of his career has been stuck in 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 a company or largely been in a company that had that disposition to it. And I also think like, in a way, it's been really unfortunate that Jeff Hardy for the last seven, eight years has not been able to get out of, or how long has he been with WWE? I guess five, maybe. 
um, hasn't been able to get out of this retro cover band version yes. of Jeff Hardy, yes. which is like, it has to on some, like, again, you want to say professionalism put in a box or whatever. It's got to mess with your head to dress up like you're 22 yes. all over again every night at like 44. That's weird. That I mean, like, it would be weird for me to do now. I can't imagine doing it nine years from now. They went, when they got re-signed, they were having, I think, the best run of their career when they were doing indies and having fun and doing the broken stuff in TNA and then going to ROH and fighting the Bucks and... Brother Nero. Like Brother that was, Nero. Yep. And then they bring them back to WrestleMania and they tell them, go jump off some tall stuff and break your body again. And, and that's the last thing I want to say is, um, my God, dude, some of the bumps that Jeff Hardy has taken in the last couple of years, I know like it's, it, dude, okay, with the decreased interest in WWE over the last two years, and with the general unwatchability of Raw and SmackDown, I can absolutely forgive any listener who has not heard or has not seen some of Jeff Hardy's matches. But like, there was this match with, Elias, where he jumps off of the top turnbuckle to the outside and like basically just like puts the back of his head against the corner of the stairs, just like heaps himself. Um, 44 year old man, madness, madness. Some of the stuff that Jeff Hardy is doing, and and that's like one of three bumps I can cite off here that I can think of off the top of my head that I've watched Jeff Hardy take. Where I'm like, good God, dude, will you stop? Please stop. Like, you're doing this for these non-entity, I mean, it was a match with Elias. Elias. We're talking about the drifter Elias Sampson here, the drifter. And he's killing himself for a guy who's not even on TV anymore because he burned his guitar. I really think the guy that needs to get through to him is his brother. (laughs) I think that's the only person who can probably get through to him at this point. But who knows? I don't know that dynamic. Yeah, I, yeah, right. Um, I, I mean, the thing you have to worry about um, when someone has sort of like an already kind of naturally out their way of thinking and also a substance abuse issue is that that out their way of thinking tends to be on overdrive when they are abusing substances and it is even if you are close to the person unbelievably hard sometimes impossible to be able to reason with them um once once they get far enough gone um so yeah no it i I, i'm worried about jeff i really am i this is a he wasn't my favorite wrestler but like he's a damn good wrestler dude he's he's an important figure in the transition from 90s wrestling to the style that we now know. Agreed. Black Jet Lanza passing away at 83, the longtime road agent behind the scenes with WWE. Something I didn't know. He was a wrestler in the AWA in the uh, for a while and really caught on well out there to the point where Vince McMahon Sr. decided he needed to create his own Black Jet Lanza, so he took a... Uh, took a prelim wrestler by the name of Bob Windham after winning their rookie of the year award. He, he, uh, he made him into a guy by the name of Blackjack Mulligan, who later ended up teaming with Blackjack Lanza. Uh, 
Yeah, the, uh, the Lanza, I never got to see wrestle. I've uh, Mulligan was at the start of my wrestling viewing in 84. He was big in Crockett, but Lanza, why he's important to you kids as modern wrestling fans is during the Attitude Era, he was Steve Austin's go-to to book his matches and plan his matches around there. And those two had a very, very strong working dynamic w- with one another. Um, I always find WWE's tributes weird because I, I hate the, he was a great river backstage. I just think that's, that's crass that, uh, you know, it, it was like when Owen died. Oh, he could always make you laugh. Always make you laugh that Owen Hart, you know, just let people, you move. know, I, I, yeah, I always thought that he could always make you laugh thing is because Vince re- with Owen Hart was because Vince refused to actually acknowledge the gravity of the tragedy. And so trying to think of the good times was his way of like avoiding actually confronting the tone of the situation. I don't know, just don't think Vince has that. In but him. Lanza got a fairly respectful video package for a guy that was rarely on TV. And that, uh, that's, uh, it's always interesting who Vince wants to honor and who Vince just kind of Howard Finkel's. I guess is how you'd say Yeah, right. Like, that's the contrast here. Uh, Blackjack Lanza, I I think, if you want to comp his importance, especially to, like, the 90s, you know, peak era WWF stuff, he's kind of in the same breath as, like, a Howard Finkel, a really important figure. Finkel uh, on screen and really the voice of WWF, and, and the reason we're bringing him up is that when they did the recap package of Howard Finkel, oh yeah, a couple of announces to the ring. But largely it was like, remember when Howard Finkel became morbidly obese and we used to poke fun of it all the time? Or we'd make him dress up like a woman? Ah, that's how we'd like to remember our boy, the Fink, the Finkster, (laughs) Howard Finkel. He was fat. Um, (laughs) Vince has offered to pay for the gravestone. Here lies the fish. He was was fat. fat. He was. (laughs) The quote is, "I'm fat." That's the quote. Oh, this is what Howard would have wanted. Everybody. I I knew him so well. (laughs) I I knew him. And meanwhile, Vince is dying. His wife is like falling on the ground, crying over them. What have you done, you madman? Vince, uh, Vince laughing. The only thing that's better is if I could push him in a pool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like, <laughs> pushes the casket into a pool just for one last rib. Oh, 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 the fake. oh fake. he would have loved it. He was in he, his, what a funny he was, guy he was. In his best dress clothes, and we pushed him in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, yeah, no, a blackjack lands gets this like fond remembrance i even thought it was warmer than pat patterson a little uh, bit yeah it, like it was certainly it was certainly comparable because like patterson i don't know the my way yeah and vince likes funny people as in people he finds amusing or whatever but like yeah no like the lanza one is sort of like i was surprised because i'm like Oh, so you guys know how to make like an okay fitting tribute package. You just on like a regular basis decide to do other things. News out of Ring of Honor going into final battle this weekend. Bandito, the ROH champion out of final battle. Positive COVID test two days ago. Tony Khan on record saying he will send quote unquote help for the show. 
on Saturday. A lot of options over there. Uh, I, our friend Sean Ross Sapp over at Fifel had a tremendous idea, in my opinion. He says, in in exchange for sending, you know, maybe a Punk or a Danielson and Jay Lethal and whatnot over to the show to pay respects, because this might be the last Ring of Honor show. You never know. That Ring of Honor should give AEW the rights to All Out or All In, All In. Yeah, the first pay per view before it ever became AEW. That that was basically using all of ROH's infrastructure. To get out there, I think that's a I think that's a fair trade, depending on who Tony sends. But yeah, Bandito. Out he should send COVID. Hook. He's got to send Hook. Hook, send Hook. Oh, oh, I just it's right there. That one. Uh, Chris Jericho checked into a hospital in Wales. They say it's a quote. I, I always find this weird. Non-COVID related treatable health issue. Why do they always have to put non-COVID in there? It, it's maybe it's due no, because there's like there's a yes, there's a shame factor for COVID yes. uh, for Chris Jericho because he's put a lot of brand equity into his positions on the coronavirus here over the last eighteen months, and it would be bad for the brand, maybe maybe good for the brand because now he'd have natural immunity. Who knows? Uh, I I don't know. Um, I mean Jericho could have any number of issues it's hard for me to speculate <laughs> johnny gargano and kyle o'reilly are officially free agents they can show up anywhere at any time johnny gargano taking the extra step he has set up a twitch account and a pwt store but as dave Meltzer has noted on tonight's wrestling observer radio which i was listening to while chris had uh, technical issues i was committed to the show doesn't necessarily mean that Gargano is leaving because NXT talent can set up Twitch accounts, just not people on the main roster. Both are set to have children in the very near future. WWE officials tend to think that both are going to be taking some time off. I think Kyle O'Reilly is, is just postmarked for AEW. It has to be Gargano. I think he has options. I think he's going to take them. I think, I think basically he wants to stay in the Orlando area. I've gone over why on a previous show, Disney, but, uh, (laughs) and also he can be at home for the baby every night, as opposed to traveling. I think Kyle O'Reilly, I don't know if he enjoys it in WWE and NXT, but uh, who knows any thoughts on uh, both being free agents now and not neither re-signing a contract. I think it's smart that Johnny didn't resign the contract because it, 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 with the PWT shirt right now, he can he can tease, so to speak, and probably sell a lot of merchandise uh, on the will he or won't he sort of thing, move a lot of Gargano sort of merchandise. Uh, and then when he's ready, he can shut down the PWT shirt and, or the store and just go back to WWE. Um, I, I do kind of... I think that he's staying with the way they wrote him off. And I think that O'Reilly is gone, um, despite the goofy way that they chose to write O'Reilly off. I just, I'm with you. I don't see any point on him going to the main roster because he's not going to use him the right way. And the time for him to be NXT champion was before they turned into the Neon Vomit brand. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense for him to be the champion now because like it's Braun Breaker's good. Like they should be, you know, doing it. They, they just, he missed the boat. Unfortunately, it's not his fault. It's their fault. We missed the boat with him. 
but I think his business is done in WWE system. I think one of the two also ends up in next month's PWG Battle of Los Angeles, which is currently announcing talent. Don't quote me on that, but I would not be surprised if either end up in so, there. So O'Reilly theoretically could show up this Ring of Honor show, though. Yes, O'Reilly could show up at Winter is Coming on Wednesday yeah. as well. Alberto El Patron news breaking tonight. The final kidnapping charges against him from 2020 were dismissed earlier today after months of being pushed back. Dismissed for a missing witness. Huh. God bless the Mexican legal system. You know, he uh, might come back to WWE. There is a chance Vince signs him. It's entirely possible, you know. He's um, tall. Uh, he's an international star. Uh, he he, get, he he's big in the media. Um, yeah, you know, it's a beautiful thing when the justice system works, and we gotta, in all cases, Jeff, we gotta accept the outcome of the judicial process, no matter how farcical that well, outcome no, might be. Now, hold on. There's a little bit of a difference of the best justice that money can buy down south and the jury system, which mostly works. Uh, the, uh, the You mean the best justice that money can buy up north? You uh, that If your GoFundMe can afford it, you too can have justice in this system. Mm, we'll talk about that later. Mm. <laughs> uh, some stealth cuts going on in NXT UK. Joseph Connors and Danny Luna seem to be done with the promotion. Joseph Connor showing up at an indie show saying that he is a free agent and accepting bookings. Chris, I'm noticing you're not wearing a black armband. No, because my whole soul is painted black because WWE really missed their opportunity here, Jeff, with a generation. No, they did. They did. They did. Stop. Stop. You're, you're, you're embarrassing yourself. This guy was a generational talent. Um, I think that there are a lot of matches that uh, the fans wanted to see. For example, a Joseph Connors versus a Pete Dunn. What a classic clash of styles that would have been. I would have loved to see Connors rolling in there doing some submission wrestling. Obviously, Joseph Connors versus Walter. Uh, two big brawlers bruising it up. Um, but you'd like to see Walter powerbombing Joe Connors. You'd love to see Joe Connors powerbombing Walter. Um, I, I think that Joe Connors, frankly, would have been a fantastic transitional champion for Braun Breaker, ultimately to take the All belt right, off. This off. This is maybe, he, maybe he could have led like a War Games team, perhaps. Uh, he with Slapjack and uh, the Hunt. Yeah, well, yeah, it's Slapjack and the Hunt. That's great. Uh, they could have feuded with the Undisputed Era. I've not heard of Mike Hitchman still with them, but he's still listed on the Wikipedia. So who knows? I I haven't heard from, I love, love me some oil boar. Um, ratings, everything's down because it's the holidays, but there is some concerning stuff still. Despite AEW 872,000, 0.33 in the demo, NXT 590,000, 0.11 in the demo. Got to talk about that in a sec. Raw 1,599,000 total. 0.35 in the demo, the lowest for Raw on record. SmackDown, 2,030,000. 0.51 in the demo. And Rampage, 499,000. 0.18. NXT right now is getting beat or tying every rerun of Law and Order that USA runs, including Sunday nights at 10 p.m. That that means that they're basically just at like the pulse of the network like rate. Like it's just like blood flow. Like there, there's not it, value it, over replacements going to be high, and I would not right. be shocked if this show, due to production costs or whatever, is canceled uh, at the end of the year. 
at yeah. the end of the broadcast year, like May. It it's what we were talking about when we were talking about ratings analysis in the first place. Like the raw number, obviously, it means something, but you've always got to start from what does this network in general draw in terms of baseline viewers? And if NXT is currently averaging 50K above baseline viewership or less, which it kind of feels like they might be, um, yeah, uh, I, I think this brand this brand might be toast, which, which makes all the more reason for like, if you're Kyle O'Reilly, why are you thinking about staying with NXT? You're seeing the ratings numbers. You see the direction they want to go. And this brand, like, do you really want to bet on this brand being around three years from now? I wouldn't. Yeah. And I, you know, the trainer job wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily entice me unless, you know, unless you don't want to work the road anymore. That's right. the only reason I can see. Yeah. So we'll close up the news bag. Uh, give a shout out to our sponsors this week. My bookie. When it comes to gambling, you always want to make sure you're getting the best bang for your buck. That's why you should bet with my bookie. My bookie and bet all your favorite sports with exclusive promotions, contests, and more to find your winning bet. Right now, when you make your first deposit with my bookie, you'll instantly receive double your first deposit. It's easy. All you have to do, go to mybookie.ag, sign up. Hopefully, you're not running Monterey on your computer and you can do so within a few hours and use Chris's promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S, and my bookie will double your first deposit instantly. I'll tell you what, it, it runs great on Monterey. Uh, <laughs> I, no, I was just on there earlier. Monterey makes it run better, and you'll feel like you are you are a foot soldier in this podcast journey along with your boy, no. Yeah, my bookie will double your first deposit instantly up to $1,000. How's that for fast money? Big UFC fight this weekend. Charles Oliveira versus Dustin Poirier. Looking forward to that one. I think I think Oliveira has him. I think he has his number. Poirier, tough puncher, but uh, Oliveira has has great submission skills. So we'll see how that goes. Big UFC cards, some big NFL games. We're getting right into the push for playoff position. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading, so you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. 
But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, you know, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I don't have new copy, so I'm just making this up. But yeah, yeah so is have... it Chiefs and Buccaneers this week? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh, but <laughs> I still have Chiefs and Titans in front of me, and I just can't do anything. I, I'm just that. gonna I'm gonna keep guessing two teams here until the end of the season. We'll see what happens. Well, hold on. Let's see who the Chiefs are playing this week, real quick. Let's see. Uh, Chiefs next game versus the Raiders on December 12th. The Raiders are very close to the Buccaneers in a lot of ways. Uh, yeah, you know, it's different things, whatever. But anyways, uh, yeah, the promotion is only available for a limited time. Don't miss out. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code ROPES, R-O-P-S. Secure double deposit bonus today. And also bet on day one WWE promo. You degenerates want to bet on professional wrestling. We got you covered. All sorts of stuff. Promo code ROPES, R-O-P-E-S. Double your funds, double your winnings. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. And we do thank them for their sponsorship. Anyways, here we go. Ice cold takes on what you called the Technicolor Vomit brand. NXT's first non-takeover pay-per-view war games. Um, You know, it outside of the imperium match i they just like you know it's okay it's hard to get into a war games match if there is not a good story because the way war games is formatted is so dependent on the pre-bell ringing yes. part yes being something that you're into like something that you can really sink your teeth into. And while I thought in particular the men's uh war game match was well worked, I gave none craps about any of the storylines yes. in there. Yes. Even Braun Breaker and Choppa is kind of like bloodless and like with Breaker, they're holding off on actually turning him. And I think that like they should have just went ahead and turned him. You you have him with this team of nominal heels in war games anyways the fans i think are <clears throat> they like breaker but i think they're gonna get more on board with breaker if breaker is being a dick to all of your favorite nxt black and gold legends versus breaker having fights with the diamond mine and some of these new up-and-coming heels i have a problem i think the women's war games matches are just hampered by this constant need for weapons 
in there as opposed to going in there and fight. I understand this is what they're doing. This is the smoke and mirrors part. Cora Jade had no business doing that spot from the top. But the fans, they love her, don't they? They just, <laughs> they really adore Cora Jade. I know. I, look, the, the men's one won't work, but again, doesn't feel like a blood feud. Just felt like it was time for war games. So we're just going to do it. I, I mean, the Eli Drake face turn is the most sort of glaring contrivance of this whole thing. Yes. Where it's like he has done really nothing to justify himself. There was himself. no beating on him by the new guys just to do that. So he had that come to Jesus moment where it's like, I need to team with these old guys. It just happened. He was out there for a fight at one point. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you're not really on board. We weren't really invested in Champa and the other like old guys being stakeholders or defenders of this old brand because it wasn't like there's nothing on the line. It wasn't like it the black. You know, and gold you know you're not gonna go back to the black and gold. Right, right. Like like what was gonna happen? Yeah, like Champa and them win, DIY reunites, uh, and, and we go back to the black and gold and uh the undisputed era comes back. No, like I, in that, moving in forward. That, yeah, in that same vein, the the Vaughn <laughs> Wagner quote unquote turn just came out of nowhere because it's like, well, new guys are. I called that. I know you called that. I called that. That, that was, that went exactly the way I called it on the prediction show. It, I knew they didn't have much time left with Kyle O'Reilly. Seemed like they were fizzling out. Didn't seem like O'Reilly and Wagner are going to win the titles. Although like what, just in a parallel universe real quickly, what would have been cool is if O'Reilly and Wagner had won the titles and that there was this overarching war between the old guys and the young guys and Wagner and O'Reilly were stuck between two worlds with all the young oh, guys. Oh, like crying. Romeo and Juliet and the Montagues and the Capulets. Like they're trying to be <laughs> friends, but you constantly have yes. the bad new yes. guys trying to pull Wagner. Like that would have at least it's like the... your It's like your friends, but all of your friends hate all of his friends. His friends, exactly. Yes. And, and like that would have been like legit interesting. It would have made the breakup. Like it would have tugged at the fans' hearts, but as it were, like, we never really got into these guys' story. Yeah. All we know about Von Wagner is he likes to go and train out in the woods. Um, and outside of that, like, we're not into him. And with O'Reilly, yeah, there's a backstory. You can't mention any of the people in it, so it's not really much of a backstory to work with anymore. Um, I love this Imperium yeah. team. Everybody knows I love Imperium. They're a little bit too babyface high flyer for me. <laughs> it's like, my God, but they are so good. I, I, I want them in this AEW tag division now. That's how good they are. I want to see them against FTR. I want to see them against the Briscoes. I want to see them against great yeah, tag teams. This Imperium team's definitely in the same breath to me as FTR. These yes. guys have fantastic. They just have fantastic matches. Like uh, Red Dragon, same way. Like, like they're they're they, they, Imperium's just a they're a a sublime tag. Fa- Fabian Eichner. I mean, just you watch, he was in the cruiserweight classic. Then he, he bulks up and now he's still flying around. He's, he's so damn good. He is so good. It, it just made me weep. Yeah. That's uh that's all I got for the ice cold takes. I mean, look, the, the, everybody who was good or you thought would be good was good. Cameron Grimes was good. Okay. The, the, the women, the Kaylee Ray, Dakota Kai, 
even Raquel Gonzalez, I'd say Io Shirai, all very good in the women's war games match. The others uh, hit and miss a little bit there. You know, the men who you thought would be good were very good. They took care of the kids in the, in the ring. It was, you know, it was solid, but you're watching this going, there are no stakes to absolutely any of these matches. I mean, as evidence this week on the actual television where people won, people lost, nothing changed. I, I mean, the so only- with that as a great transition, we go into the lazy river of wrestling criticism. Any show, anything on your mind, anything you want to talk about, this is where Chris and I talk about it. And I will start this week because I wanted to start with NXT and the preposterousness. Look, I love rules for wrestling. They're nice. They're easy to keep up with. It is far too clever by half to make a team lose because there's no tag rope in in there. It's like it's like you know you have a tables match and people come down to take away the tables, the, so the match never ends. At, that's a little bit. That's not what people want to see. And, and no, to, no, I want to go further here. Because they did this whole tag rope storyline and they missed the whole point of the tag rope. The whole point of the tag rope is that yes. the, the wrestlers are actually just supposed to be physically touching the wrestler's corner. There's a team corner. Mm-hmm. Each team has a corner, a turnbuckle. The rope gives you a little extra line, a little extra extension away from the corner itself. But it is the case, so long as you're like touching the corner, the post, you like like it so this is like a rule storyline and they don't even know the rules like the rope is yeah the rope is like the outer boundary but like if you're touching the post you are very much legal for a tag and there ain't no way the creed brother should be losing right now sorry that was dumb i i I guess they view that as a protected loss um but yes no the, the creed brothers really Look, they are such a formidable unit that, like, they should not be losing with any regularity. Or if they're going to lose, rather than getting rolled up, they should get counted out or something like that. They shouldn't. They shouldn't be getting roll-up losses. Your go. Um. Okay. Okay. So, I have said, with regards to the Brian Danielson storyline, that I have certain criticisms of the storyline i you know him is the choice for the turn the fact that you don't really believe that he's going to win the title here like you know he's going to be wrestling in garland right down the street from me eh. um i i i, I, I have <laughs> not, not going to the show is that what you're I, telling me i have not decided probably honestly with the fact that i have like i have a gig this week uh, or two shows this week probably not um but i was like really kind of in on the on the fence about it it's not like i'm broke but like i was just eh. Um, because it's like I, I know I know what the outcome of this match is going to be, and this build has not been very good, so I'm not like super invested in it. Um which is unfortunate. Uh I, I thought more unfortunate though was this week's main event on Dynamite, where I had high hopes. High hopes, Silver. High, and away. high apple pie in the sky hopes. High hopes, Silver, and they went away. Is what I am telling you, um, because Hawkins, like this main event, uh-huh. it was ten minutes. It was interrupted with a friggin' commercial break, um, and 
this match, like there's so much wrong with this match. I mean, I saw people online saying that it was very good way before I actually got a chance to see it. I didn't get a chance to see it until like tonight. Um, and I pop it on. I'm like, okay, I can't wait. I, I, I've been wanting John Silver to show me something. I think out of all the Dark Order guys, I know everyone's real high on Allen Five Angels. I kind of think that Silver's got a thing going on there, and he's a little bit reminiscent of Daniel Bryan or uh, Brian Danielson. Okay, this, this is a potential to be pretty interesting. Instead, Brian Danielson just annihilates John Silver for most of this match. Um, and, and, and for the first two minutes and 30 seconds or three minutes. Then we go to commercial break, during which Brian Danielson continues to annihilate John Silver. Um, like, these matches, for the Dark Order guys to really get anything out of them, need to have Danielson sort of time and again biting off more than he can chew. And in, in this match, Silver does not get really any meaningful offense until late in the match, culminating in him getting a heel hook, which Danielson sells nicely. I thought it needed to go on a little bit longer. Johnny needed to keep him in the center of the ring a little bit more. Danielson needed to be showing a little bit of a panic. He got to the ropes too quickly. Nice selling after he got to the ropes. But again, not enough there. Um, <laughs> and then Danielson wins the match. Well, let me, be- let me, let me bring something up here sure i think you'll probably agree with it the big problem in this is tone and there's so much acting involved in wrestling that oh to me a lot of aew fans forgive the performance part of this business because they're seeing well-worked matches that oh they go smooth they have nice chemistry together they're doing great choreography why is john silver not going down there mad as hell trying to avenge his friends against brian danielson and why is brian it's danielson- been going on for weeks his danielson has been tormenting john silver's yes. friends who he loves yes. dearly for weeks um there there should be no ha ha he he ho ho exactly and then danielson should be just enjoying killing john silver this should be this should be gravy to him because he knows he can't get beat, you know, and he's almost, yeah. And that moment of cockiness, that's when silver can go and just beat the hell out of him for a while, as opposed to, you know, a senton, which, you know, it's a nice move, but doesn't do a lot of, doesn't show me that he wants to fight Brian Danielson. It shows me he wants to do a flip onto Brian Danielson. And I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated at this. And then finally we get a little bit of fire out of, out of, out of page, but then, but but prior to that though, just real quickly before Paige comes out, I mean, I think the last sort of indictment on this was the audience does not cheer for Silver. They split sort of noisily into a muddy mess on Danielson. Hey, it's Long Island. They were Long Island. Them. Yeah, but then they started splitting on Danielson. It ultimately settled back on Danielson. I just like I don't think it's not that they didn't cheer for him at all. No, I know what you're saying. Yes, they he but like he did not have the audience. The audience w- should have been uniformly behind him. Um, like let's keep in mind here, Danielson's been sort of telegraphing for weeks what he's doing here, which is he's beating up the hometown guy every single. I mean, Danielson is leaning hard into heelness 
at this point. He should not be getting a 50-50 reaction, and the people he is working against should be benefiting from the amount of healness that Danielson is putting in there. But the crowd's not really fully some – of, some of them are – um, they do like their hangman on page. Some of them aren't because they like their Brian Danielson and they're, they'd be just as happy with him. Um, and, and I just think it's it's unfortunate. Um, and I, I thought that out of the four matches that Danielson has had uh, for to this build for to Adam Page, I thought that this was probably the second weakest. Um, like, like I think he. I think it was better than the Uno match, although I yeah. like the, the uh, although I, I honestly I like the Uno match more. This might act, eh, this might be the weakest of them. Well, like, fi- I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I yeah, and and then we finally get to Adam Page, and let's let's talk about that. Now. We finally get some heat out of Adam Page. He's now on fire out there. He comes out there, starts beating on Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. Although it's never mentioned, uh, was it mentioned last week? Yeah, it was only for that night that he couldn't touch him, or was no. it mentioned at before the match that he couldn't touch him? It was you're not allowed to touch him until the pay per view, and that's why you made John... the, the the dynamite. That's not a pay per view. Oh uh, yeah, the, the winner is coming. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Silver grabbed the microphone and he made it very clear, like not allowed. He's like, I'm gonna go down there. I'm gonna fight Danielson because you're not allowed to. Right. Well, everybody's telling me that it was well, it was just for tonight. I think that's them booking in the head to to get the to get the gaps. Hey, you know what? Sometimes I like to reconstruct memories to make myself never, feel better about things too. Nevertheless, nevertheless, even even if it's true that it's just, you know, it was just for that night. You gotta maintain character th- until the cameras shut off, and. They put a camera right in front of Silver and Paige, and they were smiling and laughing. And I just went, oh, this this program's dead. I mean, it's going to be a good match. Don't get me wrong. Everybody, oh, they're going to have a good match. That's great. That's great. There going to be any heat to this match? Probably I, well, not. Was, it, was this a good story? Like, can you, can you really say that this is a good story? If the, he can't touch him plays into somehow the finish of this, I'll forgive them, I think. I, I do. I think I will forgive them. I, I would Okay, I, I would forgive them if it was like something like the he can't touch them results in Danielson getting to pick a stipulation. Yeah. But, or, yeah, yeah I, I, I mean... It would have to be something like that, where like Danielson's able to leverage that into an advantage. But if like yeah. they just they move past it, um, I mean, frankly, it begs other questions. Where were the rest of the Dark Order? So <laughs> Danielson's out there going like, "I'm going to stomp Silver's head in." Oh, uh, does Silver have any other friends other than Adam Page? It's a damn shame he doesn't. It's a shame that no one else. Dark Order is a family. They're just yeah. a family that doesn't like each other. Well, yeah, like a true family, they leave you high and dry. Staying in the Dynamite universe and poor storytelling. Let's talk about Dante Martin and this swerve in the Battle Royal. This was so. This wasn't earned. You didn't see Dante Martin really kind of enjoying heal them in the in the actual thing, and then go to that. I understand. Look, W or not WWE, AEW loves to do these things where they like to put wrestling tropes on their head. They did earlier with Punk coming out to the heels music and cutting a, cutting a, cutting a promo and healing on the Long Island crowd. Well, the other trope is that 
get guys in a battle royal who just joined a stable or whatever. And one turns on the other because it's every man for himself. And the manager goes, oh, see, he's finally learning. You know, oh, he's smartened up. It's every man for himself in a battle royal. Instead, they decide to get cute with it. They decide it's a complete swerve. And he's thrown out Ricky Starks. And he, they miss the, the, the camera shot of him throwing down the armband. And yeah, just I thought maybe Dante Martin would be a little bit interesting as a heel and maybe might learn a little bit of personality as a heel. Instead, we're just going to go right back to the story again. I just it just it felt lame to me, Chris. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think that they didn't really give the Dante Martin it didn't breathe. It, it, didn't, it didn't breathe. breathe. Like, like, like it didn't marinate. He didn't. He didn't sit in the swamp long enough to make yes. him emerging from yes. the swamp a thing that we were excited about because he never did anything bad. So we're, we we don't feel any relief. Um, if anything, it, it's like so. What is, is the story going to be? That this is a plan all along between you and Leo? Yes. Yeah, and it's, and it's to get it's get Leo it, over, it, and that's yeah. I didn't think that was the point, but I guess well, it is now. Well, then there's gonna be a second wrinkle to this because they have a bit of a regional baby face on their hands in this storyline in the form of one Mister Hook, who uh, I think is quickly going to discover that his regional baby face uh, syndrome expands all over the country. It's a nationwide pandemic of being a baby oh, face. Oh, wrestling Twitter is just... It's... No, people love... Okay, here's the thing, Hawkins. He's so he's dreamy. Got one... He's got one of the best theme songs in the last four That's years true. or so. He does have like, a great theme th song. That theme song's baller. He's got a look. Um, yeah, people like him on that front. He can clearly go a little bit. Uh, I'm, and, I'm just and... busting balls of the people. Like, oh, he's so dreamy. I can't wait to see him wrestle. It's like, oh, hold on, guys. Let's let's just hold... <laughs> that kind uh, of I, thing. I mean, he, he's, he's like another Braun Breaker is what he is. Uh, that said... He was pretty damn good for his I know I I like him. I, I this is a say too. I, I I like him, and I, I there's no way you're keeping that guy heel. It's playing not to the, gonna happen. Playing to he the crowd, is a face. Was, playing to the crowd was a little much. Playing to the crowd as a heel, he should have just ignored them the whole time. But I understand it. Who knows enjoyed, what I already know? He's not a heel. Taz enjoying himself watching his kid go out there, but man, he's better off. He's better than. Uh, Brock Anderson right now. I'll tell you that much. I mean, th th some of those throws were pretty. They were nice. I, I'm like, I, look, I'm, I'm not, not going to simp for him like these other people on Twitter, and I love all of them, so I'm just, I'm just busting balls here. But, uh, yeah, we, we got something with the kid. We do. I, I mean, you're listening to Taz on commentary, this proud dad watching, watching his kid. In the ring, and they had some of the people were chanting, "Hook is gonna kill you!" Like, yeah, it's so great. No, they're they're, all, they're already there. You know, I just I wish I could have had that same experience with Cody appearing on Shake Them Ropes, but you know, I I, I can dream. I can dream of being a proud internet dad, Hawkins. Here we go. Um. All right. Uh. Let's. Man. Um. Now, let me tell you while we're, we're while we're hanging around AEW's neighborhood. Yeah. For dynamite, I, I had one of the better jokes on the other neighborhood, so I'm gonna say it again because I, I enjoy it. But I'm all over at Fight Game Media doing hot takes on uh, 
on on dynamite and that spot where rio does a does a cross body on a hater and hater just lets her hit her fall it picks her up like she caught her and they're trying to catch her like she caught her i go yep five second rule <laughs> Big Rio off the floor. It's a catch. It's still a catch. <laughs> Man, okay, no, uh, I, I'm I'm with you. Like, look, that Riho hater match. Oof. Um, I like. I just don't buy Riho. Um, oh, I, I don't yeah, either. I don't buy her. Like, like, like it, it, it's. I just can't. It's, it's go there with. It's the conflict for me between Joshi wrestlers and athletes in there, and it's it's always going to happen where you know you get these. these it's limit- like watching cheeseburger wrestle Walter. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I can, I can do it with cheeseburger. Because he's a prelim guy, not like on this. I am a, I'm like a champion of the division sort of thing. Rio is presented as a champion of the division, and like cheeseburger, cheeseburger. Yes, they're they're adorable. They wear their frilly costumes or whatever, and then they go in there against athletes, and it's just it's one of those things where you're watching, you're just going. Or Why least, wouldn't Hater annihilate her? Or at least women that are presented as as athletes. Let's put it that way. I'll put it uh, that way. Yeah. That, that's that's the other thing is I, I think that like this sort of match really only works for me if Rio comes in House of Fire and basically has Hater entirely on her heels and Britt Baker is watching Hater like fighting from underneath against Rio and Baker's like kind of in shock and awe. And instead this was yes. worked. And much then eventually more like... Hater gets a backbreaker like Bane on Batman. And yes. Right. Right. And that, and that, that puts the brakes like, no, because to your point, it needs to be one of these situations where even with Rio taking the offense, we need to get over that. Like one meaningful clothesline from Hater could absolutely reverse course here. I mean, instead this match has worked like, a traditional match and yeah I, I like a traditional like go out there and do 10 minutes sort of match instead of with something with a much more condensed Rio is going to take most of the offense because we're building to a title match sort of match uh, like this was the wrong type of match for this situation I don't buy Rio and I, I mean watching it like Rio in Britt Baker is like even more of a foregone conclusion to me than the men's title match here uh, uh, next week. So I, I just, I don't know. I only uh, have one thing for the Federation. Do you have anything? Um, I probably do. Let me, let me peruse. I, I I'll, I'll come up with something. Sure. Okay. So you want, so you want me to vamp on mine? Yeah. 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 Do, okay. do, yeah. Cause I just did. This mine. is my final, uh, final lazy river thing. Uh, the live Morgan story is uh, dreadful. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know people are rooting for Liv, but this was this was the everything in this was the build up to oh, she's getting a big chance. Oh, this is she's gonna win. She's gonna win. She's gonna win. And then they beat her. And ah, next time. Because, because we had to get the heat on Becky. I number one, I understand that she's likable, but what about Liv Morgan? What match do you point to and go, there's a woman who should be carrying the division uh, with a belt? Well, she's never had a chance. Granted, that's the company's fault because she never had a great match in NXT when she was there. She had potential and they saw her and she was a pretty blonde and they brought her up too but soon. I don't. I just don't know even in like the tag matches or anything that I've ever no. seen anything to suggest that she's no. anything above 
Oh, this is gonna upset people. This but... isn't look, look, this isn't a spurs on her as a person. No, I no, it, nor, nor is it the other mom. person I'm gonna mention here. I just don't see her above a Naomi level. Like oh, I don't I, even think she's at Naomi's level. I that's what I didn't I didn't say she was the equivalent. I, I know, just, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I mean so I just I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't see her as a can carry the division sort of talent. But at the same time, I will stop myself and go, what does that even mean in a company yes. where there is no one alpha champion? There are yes. just two beta champions. Maybe she is good enough to be a beta champion for whatever that is worth. You know, maybe maybe she can have a one month run and then she becomes transitional. And they but but yeah, to your, to your point, you, you, I mean, I don't think I, I just don't see her as good enough in the ring talent to do 20 minute matches on a regular basis. And I don't and see I, her as good enough on the stick to sick. be able to carry it because she'd get eaten alive by the usual Becky, Sasha, Charlotte, even Bianca would eat her alive on 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 the microphone. There's and she didn't have enough of a character. I mean, like right. she get eaten alive, but she also has the benefit or the disadvantage of basically having her character. I, her character is I'm the last person you haven't fired from the riot squad. That's yeah, her it, character it, it, right now. They're, they're, they're trying to fire me. Um, I grew up at a trailer park, and all I watched was wrestling. Like, like I feel like I was a big WWE fan, yeah. and I decided to become a WWE superstar. My dream has come true. Your dream can come true too, kids. That's 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 every superstar in this roster. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, she she doesn't she has no uniqueness about her at all. It's 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 you know it's a shame. I, I like I I see something in her. I don't I I, I don't know what I don't know what it is. I but... saw it in NXT. It was fine. She she was very athletic and she was you know she had she wasn't bad. I mean she had great quote unquote gymnastics if you want to put it that way. She just needed to learn how to put together a match and then they brought her up and you're just like well she's never gonna learn again because. Once you're on the main roster, you don't have time to really train because you're always traveling to shows and things like that. Um, I'm trying to think of what else is worth even talking about here. Like all the rest, of, uh, this raw was just just a slog. Um, in the cage match, you, 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 like why why would I waste 20 minutes watching Kevin Owens and Big E wrestle when I know <laughs> that Kevin Owens has a 0.000% chance of winning this title? That McAfee um, is the most interesting thing in WWE right now. Yeah, he still is because his enthusiasm, his weird off comments that you just go like he mentions the name of Jason Ayers, friend of the show, or at least he used to be a friend of the show because he was a friend of the former host of the show. But referees never get their names mentioned on the air for on purpose because they don't want them to be mentioned on the air. You know, he's still a wild card. He's still going to do whatever the hell he wants. And, and I, you know, now he has FU money because he just signed a $30 million a year deal with FanDuel to be the official sponsor of his, of his program. Mm. I could, I could see Pat McAfee saying something on the air and get himself fired. I really could. Oh yeah. I know this, this is a, this is a game to Pat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then on SmackDown here, like, look, uh, I, I just, nothing really right home about um you know i, I guess you could say the, the main event was 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 fine and it was I, fine. I want to see tony storm and charlotte that was a match when when charlotte yes. was in nxt and starting to come up to the main roster and tony was still on the indies you're like man that'd be a hell of a match and now they have the match and they have a program and you just see the main roster instincts kick in and you're like, oh, this could be this could be this could be up there. 
with any of the horsewomen matches. Yeah, yeah, because Tony's like, Tony, I mean, Tony is what I think they want Liv Morgan to be. Yes. Yeah. But she's a hell of a, I mean, she can, she's great. She's a great She's wrestler. really good. She's and, really good. And they, they got to get, they got to get their, we're telling this story out of there and let them tell the story in the match and see what happens. And, and I think the two of them could be, and Charlotte needs an opponent who can make her work from underneath because she hasn't had that in so long. And I think Tony storms that person, but man, I just <laughs> have it, having heard, heard what the ideas for the program were before and what it, what it is now. I just, I have no faith that the year one pay-per-view match is going to live up to what I want it to be. I hope it yeah. does. I, hope I, it does. I, I, I have a serious concern that like the finish is going to be something like wardrobe malfunction. <laughs> or, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Or Charlotte, you know, Charlotte takes off a turnbuckle and hits, you know, because we got to get heat for the next program, whoever that is. Or, or, you know what I was afraid of watching that, watching that promo tonight. I thought Sasha was going to come down and blow it for Tony storm. <laughs> Because Sasha's always going to be, you know, kind of that, not, not for lack of a better term, she's she's the one who's going to backstab you in the end. Yeah, she's the interloper, right? Yeah, 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 yeah the betrayer figure. You uh, got anything else tonight? I don't have anything else tonight. Then let's call it a night. This has been Shake Them Ropes. I am Jeff Hawkins at Crap Game 13 on the Twitterverse. He is Chris Novembrino at DWATG. If you just want to follow the show as episodes come out, it is at Shake Them Ropes. We are part of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network once again thank you to our sponsor mybookie.ag use code ropes double your first deposit chris likes to take money from people for talking about politics it's called patreon.com his show is called don't worry about the government he's going to tell you about uh, it. hawkins you're such a cynic i offer a show out to the public <laughs> for free 540 episodes this institution on the internet a broadcasting stable. I'm sorry, let, let me rephrase it. He likes to earn money by doing entertaining political podcasts for a certain kind of view. Finally, somebody <laughs> understands capitalism, and it's not just me. Um, Hawkins here loves <laughs> Don't Worry About the Government, which he listens to on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. He subs up for 10 bucks a month, which is nuts. Uh, but I only ask for a dollar a show, uh, which you can sub up for over at Patreon.com. Um, slash DWATG. As aforementioned, the episodes are free, but if you want the video ones and you want the cast sooner, um, you know, with the video function and all that stuff too, you got to sub up. Um, we just did an episode. Uh, we did a call-in show and I did an episode uh, with a show slate that you can go and look at. It's over two hours long. So if you are a Voices of Wrestling craver and you need another two hours of your workday filled with audio content, why not an hour and 40 minutes on the Supreme Court talking about abortion and then like a 30-minute call-in show on the back end of that? That sounds like fun. You sub up at patreon.com slash DWATG on iTunes and Stitcher. Hawkins, you got me so verklempt, I can't even speak straight. On next week's Shake Them Ropes, Jeff upgrades his operating system. I'm committed. <laughs> <laughs>